five, four, three, two, one. And liftoff at dawn, the dawn of Orion and a new era of American space exploration. In December 2014, NeoZaz.com was invited to cover and experience a historic event in manned space exploration, the very first test flight of NASA's Orion spacecraft, the exploration vehicle that will carry humans into deep space. During this two-day event, the 150 attendees were given incredible access to NASA production facilities, guest speakers, panel discussions, and reserved viewing of the launch of Orion atop a Delta IV heavy rocket. NewsAs.com's coverage of this amazing event is now online in a three-part mini-series, Orion EFT-1. Hear a first-hand account of the event and live recordings all leading up to the historic launch itself. The Orion EFT special series is online now and only at NewsAs.com. This is Star Wars in Character, the podcast that takes a closer look at some of the elements that make up the Star Wars universe. Backstories. Histories and details you never knew, wanted to know, or ever need to know. Now here are this week's panelists of Star Wars in Character. Welcome to this special episode of Star Wars in Character. I'm Matt, and we didn't really announce this particular plan for 2015. But we had discussed at the beginning of the year, or actually before the beginning of the year, that to avoid those long, unannounced breaks that we had a couple times last year, and I think probably the year before, we are going to try something different and give ourselves a break. So every two weeks, we're going to take a break from the regular episodes and then pick it up with another two episodes the following two weeks. So that leaves these weeks between either as open breaks or an opportunity to do something different. And we're actually pursuing that idea of doing something different. Actually, we, we all are. Dave is in the midst of working on a, a big special. He's really deep into writing it right now. Chris has started coming up with a plan that has something to do with Star Wars comics. And my idea, and probably the simplest one to execute, and that's why I'm starting, is that... I am going to do a short run of series of interviews with everyone involved in SWIC to learn a little more about everybody. And we are calling it the Inside the SWIC Studios, which is, of course, a direct parody of Inside the Actor Studios. I'm not even going to pretend that's not a ripoff of their name. So. so to start off, I am talking to the first voice that anyone will ever hear no matter what episode, regular episode of Star Wars and Character they listen to, be it one we posted in 2011 or one that we'll post in 2021, the first voice you're always going to hear is the voice of the News as Internet Entertainment Network and also my wife, Christy. So, so say hello, Christy. So I'm cheap and free. And easy to get a hold of. Yes. Unlike the other guys. Yeah. So... You just turn over and go, hey, want to record something? Okay. So you're also, you're also kind of my guinea pig because I wrote out some questions and you're actually probably going to be the hardest one to talk to about this because... Because I know nothing about Star well, Wars. It's not, that's the thing. This isn't really about Star Wars. This is about the show okay. and maybe a little bit about Neozaz. And I think most people would probably... I don't know. It's probably It may be split down the middle. Some people might be wondering why we start with you or some people might it might make perfect sense because although you're not on every recording that we do with the show you're on technically every show we've made that joke for three years now yeah. but even though you don't participate in every recording you are a big part of stars and character in many ways that people don't see 
Yes, I get to listen to it with the door closed. Do you listen to it though? It would be a question. Yes, I do. Up. Okay, I do. Well, anyway, let's start. Let's start from the beginning. We're going to try to build up a little history of what led into this, in a sense. So, I guess the best way to start is with, with this question. I'm not even sure it's an answer. The answer to this question is is Chris and Dave and Tim themselves even know this. But first question I had was from your perspective. How would you describe how we met? We met on a blind date. Yeah. That- I hornswoggled a friend of mine to arrange. Right. That's what I tell people, too. People often ask at, that I know how we met, and it's, it's the, that is the first and only blind date I've ever been on. I wish I could say it was mine. <laughs> well, it was so, the first successful one. First successful one. So we or no, met, second successful one. Well, we met on a blind date. We were set up by some friends. We got to know each other pretty quickly on our own after that. We actually had started dating right away. Yeah. No. <laughs> it was pretty whirlwind. So... Didn't take too long for you to learn about my, I don't know, obsession or fandom of Star Wars. Yes. So this is this is something early in the relationship. You learn it, shocking or not shocking. But I guess what what I'm trying to say is what what goes through your head when you find out the guy you're dating has a heavy passion for something like Star Wars. Well, luckily, I mean it wasn't. The scary obsession, because trust me, I've seen those, where you had like posters all over. Luckily, you were in a rented apartment, so right. you didn't have anything. And you really didn't have a lot of stuff and collectibles or or like creepy Princess Leia cutouts next to your bed or anything. So, I don't know. I, I, I've always liked kind of cerebral geeky guys, so it, it really wasn't. Wasn't a big deal. Okay, so before this, what was your? I put I wrote it as what is your Star Wars history? What what is your experience with Star Wars? I'd seen it. Um, I think my father rented it on video, and I know I think we watched the second and the third one in the theaters. Okay, but I, I'm pretty sure not the first one. I don't think we watched the first one. In the theaters, so it wasn't it wasn't a big part of my growing up. Okay, but you knew it well enough to recognize what it was. Oh was yeah. That, okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So that just kind of sets. I'm trying to set a little bit of a stage for where we're at now, and in, in when we get the Star Wars in character. So to kind of round out getting to that point, do you what do you remember? Because I'm not even sure the answers to these questions. What do you remember, or do you remember the times you met Tim, Dave? Or Chris, because oh. I don't think it was all at the same time. No, no, I think I met Chris. Did I meet Chris and Dave at the same time? I think we met them in the same visit to Pennsylvania, but I don't think in the same place. No, if I remember right. it probably, and I think it was probably that first Thanksgiving we went up there. Probably. Yeah, probably first Thanksgiving. Um, and Tim. I didn't meet till he came down here for celebration. Really? Okay. That could yeah, probably, I, well possibly I, be. I really do. I think that was the first time I got to meet Tim. Okay. Because Tim was already in Tennessee by the time we went up there. Okay. So you've met Chris and Dave at this point. Uh-huh. I mean, you really just meet them. Yeah. We don't have much interaction. This is still really well before communication is as easy as it is today. There's no smartphones. There's no. Skype. If it existed, it was something not everyone was using. I think so, we had... I think we had... Uh, the 
click to connect. Yeah, we had Nextel phones, right? Nextel that was pretty phones. advanced. Yeah. <laughs> so my point is, we I start podcasting. I start podcasting with Dave, and then with Dave and Quinn, people you know, which that would be for another story, which we may do if we explore everybody at News as, but. I'm starting to have fun podcasting. My friends are downloading and listening, and they want in on the fun as well. And Dave and Chris come up with the idea for the Grady's. And having only met you once, maybe twice at this point, because we'd been back a few times, ask you to join along. Yes, yes. Because I was a child of the 80s, and sometimes I wish I was back there. <laughs> now, how is that for you? Because me, Dave, and Chris know each other at this point 15 to 20 years we're, we know each other well. We're comfortable talking to each other about things. It's, we're pretty much having conversations we've already had. What's it like for you coming in as a new person? Now, obviously, you know me well. We have similar conversation about 80s movies. But how is it for you to be part of kind of this new group of people for these discussions? It's it's actually it's really fun. I mean, I I've really grown to love Chris and Dave. <laughs> I mean, I just, I, I, especially like Dave and I, uh, text each other ironic things that are going on, especially now that he's doing theater that, you know, just different entertainment things that we go into and just, I I like to call Dave my brother from another mother because he, 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 it's been really fun getting to know him and knowing that we have similar, uh, senses of humor and Chris, just Chris. Chris, I just always will think of Chris as when we went up for Thanksgiving one year and we played the Book of Things. I think that's when I really got to know Chris. Okay. So that finally leads us up to the Star Wars and character years. And this is where most of the conversation, this conversation is going to be about. Now, Swick comes up. It's something that Dave and Chris tell me about, probably on Skype, probably on our greatest recording. So you may or may not be a part of it. But it's something I want to, obviously, I'm eager to do i write out the intro and outro and have the mix in my head then give you the script for you to record and i may or may not have told you what this show is but by by the introduction you're reading that pretty much sums it up right there yeah so do you remember any initial thoughts you have when you're recording this or at least hearing about the show or going to do i remember you corrected the way i said it several times (laughs) where where it was like histories and you were like no can you give it more histories histories oh yeah you were i, f- I actually forgot about that when i was writing this question you were quite you're very in a worldy type <laughs> voice you're very stern and serious yeah i was and then <laughs> I was like, and no then, that's not what we want this to be we want this to be anything but that it was it was really funny because it was just kind of like histories no i need you to put something histories <laughs> okay and it sounded like excited about what you're saying i'm like right oh, okay no. And I remember, I think it. I think it took several takes. Oh, yeah, we always do. Several several. Takes. Back then, it was really uh, difficult, and this might be more of a conversation for when Dave interviews me. But early on, the equipment we were using is nothing like today, and it was very difficult to get what we wanted out of what we were working with. And it had nothing to do with your voice. It had everything to do with what we were using. Yeah. So everything we had done, this is, we're talking three, nearly four years ago at this point. It will be four years this summer, believe it or not, for Star Wars and character. Yeah. The the equipment was much different and much more difficult to use. But, um, so you hear the show's premise, obviously you're telling everyone what the show's premise is. Yes. Does it, 
remotely are there do you have any thoughts about it good or bad do you think it's going to be a waste of time do you think it's something that we're all going to enjoy do you have any thoughts on it at all being a casual star wars fan not not maybe even a little bit less than that um i have to say that i i feel like i've learned so much more almost by osmosis i mean in listening to the shows yes but i mean well, I'm talking before we even started oh, recording the shows. Oh, before you even started. Oh. You hear what we're going to do. Is there any interest in it whatsoever? For me? Yeah. No. Okay. Okay. No, but I, I was excited that you guys would get to talk on a regular basis, and that's kind of, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's kind of like the fun we have with Grady's. It's just nice to And that's talk. the impetus of almost all the shows that we start. I mean, that's how me, Dave, and Quint started podcasting, and I yeah. think that's how me, Dave, the other, our Swick Dave, and, and Chris, and Tim started, so... Because, I okay. mean, that's the best part of it is it's just you guys sitting around talking about stuff that you would talk about. People, they talk about this crap when they're yeah, not that's with radio. That's so, kind of my point know. of my question. It's really because if I if we weren't doing the show and I saw this description of this show or heard the opening that you do, I would immediately want to know. I, I, I would immediately want to hear. If someone told me what you say in the opening of the show, I'd want to hear it being a big Star Wars fan. You, just knowing what Star Wars is and enjoying it to the extent you do, you just walked away from it not giving it a second thought? basically no i just uh i don't know i just for some reason that's the one science fiction thing that i never really got drawn into and that is curious yeah that it's a that's a good point because and this isn't really in my notes or even anything to do but you are a large a a huge science fiction fan on a lot of things this Mm -hmm. and you're right this isn't one doctor who star trek farscape um what other series uh all the two of the three stargate series yeah and movie, there's very there's there's a, a lot of individual movies you like. Fifth Element pops right into my head. Yeah, but for some reason, I just I don't know. Okay. Star Wars didn't do it for me. And that's what I mean. I have the same feeling with Doctor Who, so I completely understand. Yeah, I'm sure people listening to this show who are subscribed because they are Star Wars fans are completely appalled by that. Probably statement. throwing popcorn <laughs> at their their computers right now. So now we did pretty regularly did episodes right away. We we wanted to get the format down we wanted to i wanted to get into the editing and we had done a lot of recordings within the first month or so more than we could possibly release in that month but they were released every week for the longest time and you had every opportunity to listen Uh my question is and i want the honest answer now back in those early days did you listen right away not right away no. okay (laughs) no uh it took a little while for me to Catch up. I mean, it just. Yeah. Okay. We kind of just explained yeah. why in the beginning. So, yeah. okay. So, all right. Then I really do want to get to your involvement in the show. So we're going to fast forward here in our history. We're going to go right up to the summer of 2012 at this point. And this is when we get the green light for our live show at Celebration 6. Excited and yet terrified. <laughs> so to lead up to that. We had done, if, if you don't know, if you're a really new listener to this, real quick, we had done the Obscure Character Face, the Star Wars Obscure Character Face Off, which was a huge audience participation uh, event, live show. And what it was was a, a, a bracket face off of eight characters, and, and the one that won would be declared the most obscure character. Well, we had to pick eight characters. So we really wanted to make a long term event out of this. So we came up with the idea of doing six miniseries to select. A majority of the characters, I think maybe almost all of them, except for some, uh-huh. save for some online polls and convention voting we did. 
So my point is, we had done a six series, uh, six episode miniseries, which you were a part of. You were an equal part of. Yes. As far as my uninformed voting, yes. Yes, as far as voting for the characters, about the only thing you didn't do that anyone else had done was character research, and uh, yep. I think that was left to Tim and Dave for the most part. Yes. <laughs> and with that, Christy, what, oh, do you, God. what do you think about all this? Well, I have to say that most of your previous conversation was like Chinese to me. <laughs> oh. Um, <laughs> so, oh. but I will have to say that I'm going to go. I, uh, most of my uh, lack of knowledge will contribute to my strange choices, and I might pick kind of funky. I'm on a diet right now, and I really like ice cream, so I would probably go for a little (laughs) (laughs) That's the worst reason I've ever heard. (laughs) Oh, you ain't heard nothing yet. (laughs) Oh, it gets worse. So now, that's your first official participation of the show. Yes. Now, I know while we're recording, you certainly didn't know who we were talking about most Not of the time. Not a freaking clue. So my real question is, I guess, and the only one I can ask is, did you at least have fun doing that? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, it was fun. Um, It, it was a bit of a guessing game. And, and it's kind of weird because there were certain characters that I would look at going, why do I know this? Why do they know this? <laughs> you did oh, know I, some of the characters. I did because I have listened to a few of the episodes and I was like, oh, that's that one. And uh, I feel it's very, very strange. I've gotten into conversations with people at work and and outside of here that 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 are Star Wars fans. That I've said, "Oh, you mean da 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 da," and they look at me like, "Oh, you're a fan?" No, no, no. I just happen to know that. <laughs> Don't ask me why I know that. Uh, so we get through. I actually listened to these. I think all of these. Um, I, I wanted to get pull a clip from your first appearance, which everyone has just heard, and I ended up listening to the whole series and I heard it for a while. And I think, I think not only you. This is nothing. Uh, I'm not commenting on your your picks, but I think every pick you and I made was completely inconsequential because every we were vastly outvoted every time. Yeah. So uh, anyway, so now now C six comes along, and this is where your behind the scenes work that we talk about a lot really starts to kick in. My so, my general obnoxiousness yeah. on emails, yes. Let me okay, let me let you let you just take it from there. I have some questions. You may answer them in this, but give me what you remember most about le- the weeks leading up to Celebration Six. There was anger, <laughs> confusion, uh frustration, general lack of sleepiness. Uh, there was a lot of stress. It was a lot of stress, but it was. Now, where was the anger and confusion from? Because I don't quite. There was a that. lot of miscommunication or slow communication in just figuring out how we were going to get there. Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Just trying to get oh, the logistics. Yeah, you know what? Together. I know what you're talking about now. I'm. Yeah, I don't want to. Yeah, anything I'm going to say is point fingers, and I don't intend to do this. But we will say that we were. For the longest time, working with the wrong, talking to the wrong people, and they didn't let us know we were, they were not the people to talk to for the longest time. Yeah, I think it was just, it was just, it was the first year here. No, it was the second year. It was the second year here. Um, 
But I think I think it's a huge undertaking to try and mount this convention. And I think there are a lot of people that are players in it. And sometimes the, the lines get blurred of duties. And I think somebody that we were discussing with may have taken on somebody else's job or taken on somebody else's responsibility to try and keep them from being stressed out or have, being overwhelmed by the, all the communication, not realizing that they didn't have all the information. So finally, when we got in touch with the other person, everything rolled and, right. and, and we got all the information. Honestly, I mean, by the end of it, everything happened the way it was supposed to. We were able to rehearse. We were able to get in there. We really didn't have a lot of mobility challenges getting parking and everything. So it worked out, but it just was that not knowing when you plan things. I'm a very... That is something you and I actually, when I get to to the performance time, we're both very much alike in that. And that that is, you took on almost all of that, if not all of that, at least the week of the show itself. Well, because I knew you needed to just worry about the technical aspects, which I could not help you with. And just being up there and being a presence up there, um, that's one of the things that I've just always learned in my job and, right. and in my training is just, your my job is to take the stress off of you so that you can enjoy the process and enjoy the experience. And you did, and you did it for all everyone involved as well. I mean, that's we had uh done a I guess it was a behind the scenes of that show special, and that was something Dave had gone out of his way to point out, which we all agreed with as well. So I don't know, you probably haven't heard that episode. I haven't heard that. Okay, all right. Well (laughs) anyway, so now okay, we lead up to the show. You pretty much covered everything I wanted to ask prior to that and and more. Now we led up to the show and we got ready for the performance and you were there to make sure we to get things ready. You were helping the you were setting up along with Quint mainly Quint. Dave um, from Trailer Pod Boys was there to capture everything on video and audio. You were helping out with the gear you were setting up the prize packs. You were getting the attendees' uh, gifts or incentives, whatever you want to call them, the attendees' gifts ready. Yep. And you were counting down and running back and forth. So this is you said you just said this a minute ago. This is what you do for a living. Yep. So how much of your real world work experience came into play that day? Because that was. I don't know if I'll call it a side of you, but a skill set I had never seen from you before, and it seemed seamless to me. That's what I do. Okay, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, I feel comfortable doing that. I like keeping things organized so that a show goes off on time. That's just my training over the years as a stage manager. So I, it was kind of like I didn't even have to think because that's my second nature. That's what I have to do every day. So celebration comes and goes. That is thank goodness. Yeah, it was. It, it, there's been plenty of episodes to talk about that. I'm not really going to go much into that. But you're not done for 2012 at this point because no. we had another big event that we really didn't plan for until no. <laughs> later in the year. So that and what I'm talking about is episode 75, which is much better known as the Star Wars in character Christmas spectacular. Which I'm very proud of okay. you for. That's I I love that. I love the Christmas specials. You played a pretty large part in that one. It was fun. In that one and 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 subsequent ones from there. But uh, this this particular one. Before we even get to your roles, you are in all in every sense of the word the sole observer of what I went through oh, yeah. to get things going on my end. And I don't want to talk about what I did. I want to save that for. Another conversation, but I do want to have you describe what you saw 
from an outside perspective, I guess, in a sense. Because we didn't get to interview you in the one year later special. So I have a feeling you might have some things to say that were not covered in that special. Yeah. People people do not know everything that you go through to put this thing on. Um, or sometimes I say we because uh, there's there's shrapnel everywhere. <laughs> um, just, I, I mean, the... The office was crazy. That's what I want to hear. I don't really want to hear what you see me do. I just want to hear what you. Yeah, the office see. was the, the office was crazy. There were microphones everywhere, different heights. Like if you were sitting down to sing or you're standing to sing, <laughs> and there's paper everywhere yeah. <laughs> of all the different lyrics, and there was a lot of shredding done. Uh, door was closed a lot. Um, That's. Yeah. One thing I want to get your opinion on, because you, I, it, I, I've said it many times. You made I, me leave when you sang. Yes, I don't like singing, but there were some cases where I had to sing with you in the house. What? Now you are always super kind to me, and especially when I'm under the gun. You're not gonna tell. I know you're not gonna tell me how stupid or ridiculous it sounds. But it's two years, three years, two and a half years later. Two years later, actually, it's only January. Yeah. What what is going through your mind when you hear some of these lyrics, especially when you hear like the well, you weren't here for the World Road Hood song, but the no. any any of the songs that I sing, I mean everything I everything we did that year was ridiculous, ludicrous. Yes. You're, you're hearing it everything out of context, no music. <laughs> what are you thinking when you hear these things? Well, luckily you recorded most of it when I was going to sleep. So I didn't hear really a lot of it. But sometimes I'd be out in the living room listening, and I'd actually mute the television because I was <laughs> really? like, ooh, let's see how he's doing. <laughs> and you did well. I mean, honestly, I worked at, I worked at a place that had a karaoke bar. That's I've true. heard worse. That's true. So, wow, that's hard to imagine. Yeah. Now, yeah. Tim, Tim and Dave both had said in that special they just did not see ahead, ahead of how this was all going to come together, I think. Because of the time limits we had, I never had a chance to describe to anyone what uh -huh. we're doing. You're hearing even less because we're emailing songs back and forth. They have the script. You were only working from, from two scripted pages. Yep. Did you envision, what was your imagination producing as opposed to what actually was released? Well, luckily, I, am a I was a huge fan of Christmas specials growing up. So I just remember all the variety specials. I mean, heck, mom made me watch Perry Como. <laughs> specials all the time growing up so i kind of had a picture in my mind of what it might be but it wasn't until i heard the final product that it really just it was so polished and it made sense and there was a story and that was cool okay well for now as far as your part in that you played two pretty big role well one really big role and one really memorable role which was very short but the first one was queen amidala in a scene and a song that was voted just this past Christmas as the third best of all the songs we've done so far, and that was Baby There's Sand Outside. We're going to be late. Baby There's Sand Outside. It's going to be great. Baby There's Sand Outside. 
I need to go home. I'm not moving from this spot. To my homeland. Your hands are smooth, not coarse like sand. Now, uh, when we had released the song, and subsequently as the show comes up again during the holidays, there is inevitably, and and I, I'm going to hope there continues to be throughout the years, but there's, there's always a comment about how dead on your impression is. Which is funny because it took so many takes for me not to have any inflection. Right. So you kept saying, oh, no, that's too much personality. Sorry. No, can you do it again with less, just less? Now, is that, my question was, because I don't really recall, because that whole week we did this, or three weeks, I think, is all the entire time we did is a blur. But did you do any preparation? I mean, and that sounds a little more extreme than I mean it to be, but did you even go onto YouTube and look for a Queen Amidala part or anything like that? Did you do any preparation? I guess I should just let you answer the question. No. Okay, so you just I took my it. direction? Yeah. That is not the answer I was expecting. Oh, I didn't watch this it is, at all. This, this is turning about more into me than <laughs> I meant it to be. It really is. I did not intend that. No, so I really did. Okay, well, let's talk about the other one, because this one had absolutely no direction whatsoever. This The other memorable scene. This is you as one of the Tonica sisters. In, a day, <laughs> in that scene that Dave wrote. Yes. Now... I told this story on the One Year Later special, which you may or may not have seen, or if you hadn't, probably since last year, has has been since last year, I should say. Do you remember the first time I brought the scene up to you? Yes. Okay. And you showed me the script, and your sister was here, because we, we were, because she was down for something, wasn't she? No, this is this is one thing I do remember from that. She, she, she did help you out, but I showed you this script, like, when he first said it to me. Which was oh, when he first said it, that, I was yeah. like, uh, you really, you want me to say that? You were not going to say that. I was not. I remember. Yep. And it took a couple drinks at. I don't even know where we went. A couple drinks at dinner for you to be convinced. It's which is stupid because I say worse. But but for some reason, when you have to record it, when you it's like other uh, people, complete strangers are going to hear it. It puts a different spin on it. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, at least it was a character. It wasn't me. That's true. That's true. We we ended up. Recording that. That story is on the One Year Later special, but I really wanted to see if you had any additional thoughts on that. No, I think it's funny now. Uh, I do have to avoid it when my mother's in the car. <laughs> yeah. That was that was fun, hearing my father's reaction to that, because it's not only his daughter-in-law, but it's also his daughter, his daughter. in that scene saying that line. And if you don't know what this line is, I, I can't imagine you don't. It's in the 2000. 2000- 12 Christmas special. It will stand out like a sore thumb after this conversation if you haven't yeah. heard it before. Yeah. So now that is the end of the year. That is the last thing we did that year recording wise. We may have, uh, I'm sorry, posted some other episodes, but they were recorded before this. After this ordeal, we took the rest of the year off. Yeah. Now we get to 2013 and you co host the best of volume three with me. Yes. Now this one, these best ofs, you've now done two of them with me and you'll probably continue to co-host them with me or I'll re- at least ask you to. You tend to have more commentary on the clips and the characters because rarely do the clips have anything directly to do with the characters because the most memorable stuff tends to be yeah. <laughs> usually something shocking Chris says if we want to be real honest. It's not necessarily the subject matter. It's usually the editorialism of, of what he says <laughs> after. <laughs> right. So it's fun to have you on, but still, you're not really talking Star Wars at this point. You're talking about what someone said or did or whatever the situation. 
Yeah, because I don't know anything. Right. Oh well, I that's I said right. I didn't. That wasn't the point I was trying to about make about Star Wars. But again, my my point is you're 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 not you're still playing a part in the show. You're helping get shows be produced, but still not. We're not getting any Star Wars out of you. Nope. Okay. All right. Well, that's not really my point. Just a question that came up right now. Yeah. But in 2013, your behind the scenes work kicks in once again because we did something new and that was the armor project yeah now didn't get this is something people may or may not know if they don't already know i'm sure it'll make sense when we explain it it didn't get a lot of podcast coverage until we drew closer to the event it started months and months before we ever mentioned it and you were really the first person to know about this Uh and see it progress even before chris dave and tim so what Do you remember that's what's memorable for you about the early days of that first project? Well, um, the challenging thing with that project is, is when we started, you pretty much were doing, we're doing all of it. And it's, it's a lot of work. It is so much work, which I don't need to tell you, but it's just to watch it from the sidelines and you just realize all the things that go into it. Um, you know, getting everything packaged, sending it out to the artists, waiting for it to come back, hoping that they come back by the deadline, um, dealing with it when it doesn't come back by the deadline and how you still want to make sure that every piece gets out there so it can be sold for the for the for the charity. Um it was definitely an education and in just project management in yeah, production. That's a good point. Um, because there were a lot of things in the first year that we didn't realize at the time could have been done better. When we did it the sec- this year, it was a lot better because we already knew what we were getting into. But it, it's there's so many little intricate pieces and parts of communication and everything. And uh, I kind of got into it late. I actually got into it pretty much at the packaging and shipping outs phase last year um, or the first year. So uh, it was it was definitely an organizational challenge to make yeah. sure all the information is where it needs to be and everything gets sent where it needs to be. And I got to know the post office staff very well. <laughs> yes, you did. that is I can't thank you enough for taking that off of me. I can't. I tried to go to the post office today just to buy stamps, and I was ready to go postal. But on a more fun note in that project you were also being close to it and being the only other person to really be working on it because everything is being shipped to florida here you were also the second person that would get to see any of these pieces as they came in that was cool because it was almost like christmas every time you would unwrap something and be like oh wow look at this one oh my god this is my favorite that's something no, that is not this is my favorite that has not changed over two years is the excitement of opening up a, a package and i have to admit there was a little bit of uh sometimes I don't want to say disappointment. That is not the right word. Sometimes a little bit of the excitement was spoiled. Spoiled, that's that's what it is. Because we started an artist page yeah. on Facebook and we saw them. We saw pictures. It's always nicer to see them in, in real person, life. Yeah. But they kind of get spoiled a little bit by knowing what you're going to see in the package when you see the yeah, artist. Yeah, because that first year, it we was like, yep. okay, let's see what it yep. is. <laughs> and you'd open it up and go, oh my God, this is amazing. Yep. Especially, what was my favorite last year? Ooh. Um, 
definitely the Optimus Prime was was, yeah. was one of my favorites. I know you liked Eric Moore's diorama. Yes. Oh, I love the diorama. Yeah. That was that was really cool too. You liked, um, uh, Amy's uh Day of the Dead. Oh yeah, yep. Yep. I mean, there were all they all when I look back on the page, because sometimes I will, I will show people the page, mm-hmm. and I'll look, and and of course the opening page has all of the ones from the first from the first uh, first uh, go round, and it's so neat because I'm like, oh that oh I forgot how good that was that, one, <laughs> that one's cool too, and just to watch other people's reaction to it, and I was like, I got to see it when it came out of the box. <laughs> so now all the pieces are in; they're online. We get to the night of the auction. You're not a Star Wars fan, obviously. We've discussed that several times tonight already. But this isn't really about Star Wars in the end. And no one had any idea what to expect. But we had probably some hopes. I wouldn't say expectations. But we knew getting into the auction event, our pre-bids were up over $4,000 already. See, I don't remember knowing that. No, I, yeah. Oh, okay. So you didn't know that. I didn't know we were at pre-bids. And I only remember this because it was caught on a recording I had stated that. I said I just added them up 10 minutes ago and it's $4,000 or something mm-hmm. to that effect. But my question is, with all that prefaces, when the auction starts or we're about to start, what are you thinking you're going to be seeing this this evening, that evening? What do you think is going to be, what are we going to see out of this? I wasn't really sure. I was hoping we could get a couple thousand. Okay. Um. So well, when the first piece goes up and it hits three hundred dollars out of the forty pieces, that I think is, that was yours too. It was. It? it was the Flyers one. Yeah. But our first piece gets three hundred dollars, and that if that is even an indication of the average, we know we're going to be hitting numbers we didn't even dream of. Oh yeah. What is I we think, were? I know. I I can we just, just kept say looking at each away. other, going, "Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god!" Just I think I think our eyes got really wide, and we were both like we both like looked at each other like what is going on right. oh my god it was it was very exciting and 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 then every subsequent uh auction it was just it, how did it go this far? oh my yeah. god somebody is actually helping support this right it, it just was really really neat to see people putting their money forth for such a great cause and we get to the end. I'm not going to go through it piece by piece. If you want to hear the auction, both auctions have been recorded and online. We get to the end of the auction. We're over $10,000. The auction itself makes just under ten. We add in the donations we've been taking for a special episode people could donate and, and get. And then they, another generous offer from our fellow podcaster, Quinn, at Trailer Pod Boys and at Neo's as we're, we're well over $10,000. We're, I think this is probably looking at this in writing is a probably a stupid question, but were you proud to be part of this project after that? Oh, absolutely. I, yeah, absolutely. I don't even know why I would write that down. <laughs> but okay. I remember I was I was sweating. I was so excited because we had been in here and I was afraid to get up. I think I avoided going to the bathroom too because I was just like, <laughs> I can't walk away. I got to find out what happens. And and I just remember being very proud of the fact that so much struggle in going into this project came out with such a great product and and that people were really into it and excited about getting their pieces and mm-hmm. yeah because you are now at this point for 
kind of going back to what you said earlier, you take over the project at this point, more or less. In yep. fact, almost completely. You only come to me when there's a question to be answered. You don't even come to me with problems. You take on the shipping. You deal with the, not deal with, but you're working with the auctioneer. And you're taking care of packing everything, shipping and ensuring all the pieces. All that falls into your hands at this point. Yep. And now we all have jobs outside of this podcasting hobby. News as itself, for all intent and purposes, a hobby for everybody. How do you handle shipping $10,000 worth of artwork all around the world in a week on top of working podcasting with us and everything else time management (laughs) Um, luckily um my job is flexible enough that i had hours at different times of the day was i working nights then you may have been actually i think i was working nights then so my whole my whole morning was open and i wouldn't have to go into work till three so i mean i just pretty much budgeted my morning around Sending things off. Uh, I learned many things about international shipping that I didn't know that I would need to know about uh, customs yes, forms. Customs, yeah, we learned, did learn a lot that year. And uh, how to fill out a proper customs form, what kind you fill out, at what amount, what size. Uh, I, lear- I, uh, I learned a lot about our postal system. Yeah. <laughs> Good and bad. Good and bad. And then if you're nice to your postal worker, they will be nice to you. I always greeted them with a smile and, hi, how are you doing? <laughs> Help. <laughs> I, I think I think I think they used to know when they would see me coming and I would ask for one of those rolly bins. Oh, really? You had the, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, jeez. Okay. I got I rolly bins. That. This is news to me. I took rolly bins. Wow. Yeah. Even on this last one, I would say, uh, I need your biggest rolling bin. <laughs> okay, now to backtrack a little bit, because the, the Arbor Project t- took over such a large time span, I wanted to get that all in one conversation. In between that, in between the start of it and the end, there was another pretty uh, memorable appearance by you, but not as yourself. Do you, do you know what I'm talking about? No. Okay. I'll tell you, I, I won't make you guess anymore. It's episode 103, the episode about Tion Chyler. Oh, yeah. And you appear in the Battle for Bespin read-along audio drama parody. That was put fun. Tion Chyler, former Imperial secret agent and now rebel informant, prepares for her day's work. Ho-hum, another fun morning filling out mining approval forms. Another day keeping a low profile from the Empire. If only the Empire hadn't taken over Cloud City, maybe things would be more exciting around here. Without warning, a small alarm starts buzzing on Tion's desk. What's this? Goodness, this is the secret communicator given to me by the Rebel Alliance when I joined their fight. I wonder what this could mean. And uh, and the question I have here is one that I, that came directly from Dave in that recording that I've never, I don't think I've ever asked, and it's not that not that groundbreaking, but I'm curious. Dave noted right away after hearing this that you're British. And that was your choice from the second you had the script. You said, can I do this British? I'm like, okay, why did you choose to do it British? Not that it, it works. I'm just curious what made you think to do it British. I don't know. Because for some reason, I always think 
I close my eyes and think of England whenever I think of Star Wars. No, but I mean, well, that's I, not too far from the truth in the original trilogy. No, and that was produced in England, and and that's that's really what I think of when I think of uh, of like Star Wars characters that that they seemed I don't know more polished if they were British. Okay, and interestingly enough, and we didn't know you. Uh, maybe I did. I don't remember if I researched it and did this before or after. But she was, you certainly didn't know this, so this decision didn't come from that. She was originally an Imperial, and Imperials, by and large, were British in those first three movies. Okay. So it actually kind of made sense. Yeah. So, now, um, we did have a lot of fun on that. That's a conversation we could probably keep going on about, but um, to kind of just move on here, I'm going to skip a couple questions and just ask that, I'm going to state that a lot of people had posted about that particular bit in that episode when that episode launched they really enjoyed it and i don't know if i ever told you that i'm sure i mentioned it but with that in mind is would you ever do something like that again would you oh, like to yeah. do a sequel to that okay yeah was that was curious. fun I, I was waiting for us to do more that and dengar the dengar thing i do want to do more of it just has not happened yet and it's a writing thing the things just aren't completely written so that hopefully will happen again i was yeah those are fun yeah i just i I am dragging my feet on writing but once they're written our recordings go pretty fast now still on this character you did reprise that role later in a sense in the 2013 christmas spectacular yes you had done what has now become a tradition three years in a row a wilro hood song yep but as tian shiler yes in our closet yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just to, I'll pipe in here a little bit. The microphone that we used, we had recorded for the first time ever. We recorded everybody on the same microphone, which made the editing process so much easier for me. And for some f- reason, the room we're in right now, that microphone hates. So I had to find a room that was much more sound friendly in our closet. Of course, being filled with cloth, My clothes. clothes, all kinds of. You know, the the sound dampening in a sense. See, everywhere. you always tell yeah. me I have too many clothes uh, and now it came to be a blessing. Finally, now, yes. Yes. So that is why we were in the closet in a sense that that's the wrong phrase, yeah. but that's why we recorded in the closet. But you did the, you, we had done a fluid story narrative or sort of, I guess you'd call it throughout that, that had to do with George Lucas, but we had come out of commercial breaks with songs that had nothing to do with it. So we could expand our song yeah. subjects a little more. And you did one of those yep. as Tian Chyler. Yep. It was, it was a lot of fun. Okay. And this, I believe this is the first year you had mentioned, can I please sing as myself sometime? And <laughs> that will come up later. Yes. Because at this point you had sung as Queen Amidala, Tian Chyler. In fact, now I'm looking at my notes you sang as Queen, Mad- Queen Amidala once again. We did a post-credit song of duet with Anakin and Queen Amidala, that pod race to Slave Oh, yeah, yeah, Now, my question here, actually, it kind of led into it, went out and went back in. So, of the five of us that perform this every year, you are only one of the two people that can sing and enjoy singing. And are you... Is there any frustration in the fact that you are singing as a character each year? Oh no, okay. no, right. no. I mean, I've done musicals, so it's it's. Kinda, oh, that's true. Hey, you do that anyway. Oh. So at this point, this is our second year of these original Christmas specials, at, and you've participated in large parts of both of them. 
do you uh, are these episodes that you listen to at least when yes. they come out? Okay, repeatedly. Really, I okay. play them for other people. <laughs> well, that's cool. Except for the parts that I can't play at work. Yes, there are always a couple of those. Yes. So now, what stands out to you as highlights of the specials at this point? Uh especially that. F- well, no, both years. I feel like if I close my eyes, I can see exactly what's happening. Almost like one of the one of the uh, Perry Como Christmas specials of just like I can see Dave in a button up sweater, <laughs> Tim wearing wearing a t shirt, looking down. That first one, um, I I don't know. I could the neat thing was is I could visualize it really well. That's what's come. That's what always goes through my mind each year. That they're very. The between the sound effects and just the way that everybody, yeah, I think it's because we all love doing it. Yeah, that yeah. it really just drives it home for me. This is one that is not. This is a, an event we do each year that is not subject dependent. Like if we did it about oh Charlie Brown or something, yeah. it didn't. It wouldn't matter. We'd still have fun doing it. Maybe we just happen yeah. to be Star Wars and we all like it. So now, 2014 is pretty quiet for you. The only appearance I have written down is another best of. And again, that's more the same what we did before. We already discussed that. So we really just get into the Armor Project. So it's a quiet year for Swick at you that year. Yeah. But the Armor Project, for some reason, well, we have more pieces. And we were more well organized. But for some reason, this one just seemed much more daunting than the year before. I know. It was... We had less pieces this year. No, we had more. No, we had more pieces. We had more, well, that had, had to do with we it. We had much. We had more time to deal with them. Yeah. But for some reason, it just seemed to. For me, I don't know. Um, but we got. My point is, we get through the auction. Um, I think it's because it's always right around the holidays. Yeah. This year, we did start. I did note this. I was having this conversation with someone, and again, this is not my interview, but I do want to say that we started. We're shipping out in, in December last year. I'm sorry, we had the auction and shipping in December. Last year, we had the auction in November, and I think shipped out in the first week of December. I think pushing it two weeks closer to the holidays really caused it, some problems. It hurts. Yeah. Well, and, and I can say just with on my end of the shipping department, right? the one-person <laughs> shipping department, um, I was going to the post office. What did I go? Three days before Christmas? No, a week before Christmas. Right. The worst time to go. I waited, I went two days in a row. Most of it I could do pre-packaged or pre, prepaid, which was easy because then you just go here, here's this big bucket of boxes here, take this. Um, but for the international ones or the ones that were oddly shaped, those, I waited at least an hour and a half every day for in two wow. days. Yeah. <laughs> and, and people shook when they saw me coming because I actually took the little hand truck with me so that I could take it all in one trip because there was actually, when I went to the post office to mail them, there was a line that would come out of the post office door, go around, and people would just, I got to know people in the post office line very well. (laughs) I met different people every day, uh, each day all of them pretty much going, why the hell am I doing this the week before Christmas? It's it's whatever it is, the worst mailing day before Christmas, I did that day and the next day. Oh, God. So that 
that was and and having to make multiple trips on one of the pieces because who knew there was a girth limit to Canada? Yeah, that is that was crazy. That was a you find out weird things yeah, about mail. That one was a pain. I mean, not not by it was a challenge. Yeah, not because of the artist, but only because it had to cross the stupid border to Canada. If it had gone anywhere else in this country, we could have shipped it in the same box it came in. Yeah, but that's um, but yeah. but it it, it are you mean. After a while, it was just kind of like, okay, damn it, this is going. We'll figure <laughs> out. And the best part of it, of that whole challenge, is I met. I, I I will use this this resource again if this guy is working at FedEx again. Um, he he helped me more than anybody else at right. at any of that stuff. And he, I got it all wrapped up and out with no problem at ten o'clock at night. Yes, you did. I remember that. That's right. Eventually. <laughs> So, um, yeah, we learned more on that, too. We'll be doing some things differently. Um, you talked about a lot of challenges that came up this year already. Um, the, the auction itself, which was actually before the shipping, we hit 10000 again. Um, I know my... Uh, uh, it's a weird feeling for me. I, I, I love the fact that we were able to raise $10,000 for Toys for Tots, but I always hope to do when I'm doing a project again to do better. And we didn't do worse, so for me, there's a real mixed feeling on it, and we'll probably get into that when I talk to Dave. But what what is your? I know I think yours are much, feeling on that is much different than mine. Oh, I think I I always start with a zero base. Yeah. Anyway, so everything, every little twenty bucks, twenty, every little advancement toward anything is is amazing. Because I I mean I've seen those charities when they get a donation yeah. and they don't expect it. I mean. It doesn't matter if it's ten dollars or ten thousand dollars. It's still something they didn't expect. Right. So it's and it's always going to go to a good cause. So I'm not unhappy with people's participation or the money we raised. I, no. I blame more in these situations, as you know better than anybody. Myself, I always wonder what I did wrong that I didn't do better this year, and that's my problem. I am. I do want. I'm only saying this because I want to make it clear. I am not upset at raising ten thousand no. dollars by any means. No, no, no. So, but I can understand. You set goals for yourself, yep. and you set goals. And that's the thing. Therefore, myself, and that's the only thing that kind of disappointed is too strong a word. That's the only thing that gets me a little, I kind of kick dirt at, is the goals I set for myself. I it, We raise a dollar that I can give away to someone that needs it. We've accomplished what we're supposed to accomplish. Yeah. But, it, but you know, you always want to be able to say, hey, we did even better. Exactly. Yep. yep. But, but you know what? Being on par... It's amazing. That could be, yeah. I mean, it's, you get, we could have easily gotten complacent and not done the advertising we needed to do and only brought in $2,000. Yeah. Yep. And, and I mean, all of the, all of the artwork was stellar this year and it, it's going to homes where they're, I mean, yeah, we have the charity and they made the money as well. And that is the main point of it. But the fact that you're giving somebody, Somebody is buying something that they really, really want, and you know they're going to cherish in their home. Yep, that's. Yeah. I mean, that's really cool. Yeah, yep, yep. You're right. You're right. <laughs> so, okay, Armor Project is. Uh, oh wait, no, I didn't write that down. I'll write that down. So, Armor Project is done and over for the year. Yes, we've discussed doing it again this year. What would you like to see? And I was asked this question on another podcast, so I, I'm not trying to steal their question. It just seems a natural question to end this part of the conversation with. What would you like to see happen with the Artmore Project 
in the future? I think what would be nice if we have uh, some more people administratively involved. Um, I would like to see pieces tour a little bit better because we yeah. did take the pieces. We took a few pieces, three pieces, to uh, a convention down here, albeit small. But, I mean, even Joel Hodgson thought it was a cool enough project that he signed a piece without... Yes. Without even question, yeah. and and I think sometimes seeing a picture of something is not as effective as actually that's seeing yeah, a that's piece. A good point. Yep. So um, I would love to see other people get involved that do go to the conventions and really show it off and build some, you know, word of mouth on the convention circuit. Yeah, because that is and not the stereotype, but it really is our target audience. People are going to these conventions to find things they can't find anywhere else, and that yeah. is certainly fits the bill. And they won't it's not something that they would look for. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There, so. there's no telling how many people are out there that don't know even know this project exists that would love to see these pieces. Well, and I even think that first year that you brought that we went up to Philly and you had the flyers. That was great. That was a great exposure. And that got a lot of people into it. Had there been more people at this other convention that, and we didn't know that that was our intention. It just didn't work out that way. But yeah, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a good goal to set for. I mean, cause it's a lot different when you can actually see it in front of you and see the quality and, and, uh, I don't know, get more of a tactile sense of it than if you see a picture of it on the on the website. Yeah. Yep. Those are, those are good ideas. So 2014 is not quite done because now, as we've set a set as a precedent in the past two years, we are doing a Christmas special. Now this one's a little different this year. It's not scripted. It's we're getting listeners involved, but we still have songs. And now did you as far as your participation, you did songs. You didn't really do any major skits this year. Did you miss that part of the special this time around? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's always fun to do. We kind of got a little bit of it slightly with with Dave and I talking, but we weren't even talking at the same time. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, I did, I did miss it, but... Singing is fun too. Okay. Now, as far as your participation this year, you've actually kind of taken a bigger step forward in it in the fact that the song, the first song you sing, the Let It Snow parody, was written by you. This is the first time in all these Christmas specials you've written a song. Yes, because I don't know what I'm singing about <laughs> normally. Uh, but this one I do know because it was pretty much about I don't know. Right. Don't, it was I, very I, true I, to life. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and no. I asked Dave to sing it with me because Dave and I always wanna wanted to sing together, even if we weren't in the same room. Um, so it was just kind of something we've always talked about doing stuff. So that was how we we were able to do a skit together, well, a song together, a song together. Yeah, cool. But that wasn't it for that episode, of course. No, no, it wasn't. <laughs> there was the much commented. Uh, it's Wilro. This year's Wilro Hood homage set to Let It Go yes. from Frozen. Yes. Now this, I don't think, is a big any surprise to anybody because I think this would be true for almost anybody. You were a bit apprehensive, to say the least. Well, no, I wouldn't say. That's probably a pretty good description. You were apprehensive to perform this song. I was scared. Now, when I first told you I was thinking I was going to write this song, and you know 
when when we work on these things, so many ideas get thrown on the wall. Oh yeah, I was so like, oh, this will happen. That <laughs> is my that you answer my question because I I, told, I almost told you like, hey, I'm thinking of doing a World War Hood song that it's or uh, what is it called? You told uh, me that in the go. car. You were like, hey, I was thinking about doing this. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. How many yeah, times have you heard great. me? How many times have you heard me say the phrase I'm thinking of and then nothing happened? So uh, if I added it up over 15 years, a lot. So that is your initial thought when you hear this? Because I know, the first thing you say is, okay, which is you say almost to yeah. everything when it comes to these specials. I've learned I will never real, say no. That is your real thought is, yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I kind of wondered. I thought so. Yeah, I didn't think it would happen. So now at this point, I have the song done. This point in the, my okay. questions, I have the song done. Yes. Special's coming up. I've given you the lyrics. Yes. Now, I've seen it to an extent, but what... All did you do, and you've told me a couple of things. What all did you do to get ready to record this song? Uh, well, first I had to listen to this song repeatedly on YouTube in the car as I was driving into work. And as you're talking, I want to I want to point out that luckily you caught a cold like days after you recorded it, and yes. you still haven't recovered. If you can't tell if I listening yes, to her my, talk right now, I do not normally sound like a, a Lauren McCall as a duck. I was thinking Catherine, not Catherine Hepburn. Uh, Kathleen Turner. <laughs> I'm Kathleen Turner as a duck. Uh, Kathleen Turner with a cold. I'm sorry. I, didn't mean I actually had somebody on the radio today. I called. I We have radios at work. Yeah. And I called somebody or somebody called me and I responded, go ahead. And he goes, disregard. And I ran into him later and he goes, oh, I thought some guy answered. Oh. <laughs> I was like, what? I, I, no, dude. I was That's just, I was in a meeting and I went, go ahead. And he thought I was a guy. That's why he said disregard, because he thought it wasn't me. <laughs> well, anyway, I'm sorry. I did not mean to derail your story there. So yeah. you, what did you do? What all did you do that you can remember to get ready to sing the song? Okay, so I listened to Let It Go, because I'm the one person over 40 in Orlando who has not seen Frozen. You were the only person that we went to a race, just to enhance your story, we went to a race that we ran together at Disney, and they played Let It Go as one of the warm-up songs, and you were the... <laughs> Grown-ass man singing it. You were the only two in this whole corral, I think, that didn't know a single And it wasn't just that one. It was like, would you like to make a snowman? That one, <laughs> and then and then some love song. I don't know. But grown-ass men. Grown-ass men in costume. Grown-ass men singing the Frozen song. Well, let me tell you how much shit at work I'm getting, because I've ever since we've recorded and played that, I whistle it, but in my head, I'm singing the Wilbur Hood lyrics, and people are looking at me like, why the hell are you <laughs> whistling Let It Go? I'm like, I'm not. I'm whistling yeah. It's Wilbur Yeah, so I... Bite my ass. I, I, did, I listened to the YouTube version several times, and then I, I downloaded a karaoke version, and I listened to that a few times. Uh... That's the preparation I did. How much singing did you do? Were you singing along to get the... Because that's got... Oh, yeah. There's notes all over that. That song's a nightmare. Yeah. Because I, I actually learned music by ear. So I had to listen to it several times. And even then, I still... there. And you must have been singing long. along because you had some difficult... Because there's, there's some times where I just could not hit syllable for syllable words. And there's an extra one in there. And you were missing them on the first couple takes because, and I could completely see why, because you're singing along to the song. So you must have been singing the song a lot, I'd imagine. Yes. Okay. I have um, tried to wipe it out of my head. That must be why you lost your voice in this immediately in this cold. You must have just strained your vocal cords to the 
furthest possible extent, and Nicole just kicked the crap out of him. I think. Yep. <laughs> so. Yeah, I'm really glad that timed that. Yeah, right. That. Yeah, that would have been bad because we. I mean, we just wouldn't have. I wouldn't have mentioned that we even had that song. We would have done something else. But people have really responded well to this song. People well, love it. We made three. We made it in three takes. But even by the last take, my voice was That's going. That's my note. I have. It was time to mix it. We did three full take. Full takes of it. But you. You did a half dozen, at least a third of the song, if not more. Because I kept screwing up right, the words. Yeah. And that, that's, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not criticizing. I'm just saying you you did a lot of singing leading into this. So of those three takes, I used probably a, the equal amount from each one to, to mix the entire song. And as with every recording we do here, when it comes to these kind of projects, you are the first to hear this song. Yeah. Now, what are you thinking at this point? Because this is, I, I, I loved what I heard. Shared it with the guys, Chris and Dave heard. It. I don't think Tim had a chance to hear it because it was so close to the special recording. They loved it. But you, I, I, I know, I know. If it was me, on one or two notes, I was flat. I know if it was me, it'd be a different thing. It'd be like you listening to something I did. Totally different opinion. So, us three are loving it. Four of us. By the time we do the recording, what are you thinking about when we're? going to be posting this online i was thinking where i could do better but i think at the time i was starting to lose my voice anyway so i couldn't have redone it um uh i think i i i had some places where i'd wince <laughs> where i knew it was like slightly flat because it always bothers me um and then i i was trepidatious about you releasing it i should have uh played you the whole special in context because i think uh i don't know who was the last person to sing before that but it was me dave or, or i'm sorry me chris or tim you following any of those songs would have been <laughs> that's the lead in you want is one of us three singing a song it doesn't yeah, matter how what it you still would have been me so. i understand no i completely understand that I understand that. In fact, the uh, if you go back to the and you've heard this story, you go back to the very first Christmas special, the the special we or the uh, documentary we did about it. I was so scared of it that I toyed with the idea of pulling it down and just not releasing it. So I know exactly exactly what you're talking about. But this yeah. is not about me. I got to stop doing that. So <laughs> now, have you played this for anybody like outside of a Star Wars context? Like, I mean, I could easily see you say someone being a Star Wars fan. You play the song because it's funny and it's about a character hardly anyone knows. But have you played in, this to anyone just for the sake of playing it? Yes. Oh, really? Uh, okay. We got we got into talking about the song. So the, Frozen, to, at, the, the actual work, Frozen song. Okay. Yeah, at work it was it was tossed up in the green room and we were talking about it and I was saying, "Hey, you know, I I I I did a version of it <laughs> and um." I, I I mean I work with musicians and things and and I I was like Dan Dan come over here and listen and so I played it for him and uh, he was like hey that's that that's funny he didn't know who Will Wood <laughs> right, no was one does. he didn't know any of the context <laughs> I was like okay this is about quick quick tell you the story this is a guy who's in the show in the movie for like six point two not 4, even one point three seconds one point three seconds he's in there for like less than two seconds and. Uh, I was like, wow, okay. He didn't say good, <laughs> but he said, that's a hard song. <laughs> now, who sings it? Adina Menzel. Thank you. I can never remember her name. Did you Adele Dazeem. Did, <laughs> did you feel better about your performance after seeing her New Year's Eve performance? 
Even she can't sing that song. Slightly, yes. (laughs) Well, and we got into a whole discussion at at work about her that just there you either love her voice or you don't like her voice and and we were talking about it that sometimes it just sounds like she's screaming i didn't notice that until you told me about that conversation and now i can't not hear about that and that's and i i couldn't understand when like when wicked came out originally there were so many things in the in the theater community there they were like i love her i hate her i love her i hate her and then i could never really understand it until what was she in wicked she was the Wicked Witch. Is she okay against Ch- Kristen Jenner with. Oh, okay. I know so who you that put is. that voice yeah. versus that voice, and it's just. But she's get, evil, so that voice, a screaming voice, would make more sense. A scree- like what you would describe as a screaming voice would make. Yeah, more and sense. she was in Rent, and and so okay. it fit that. This is not Broadway in character, so we'll no. just move on. Okay. <laughs> so someone has suggested on Facebook right away for a follow up. Do you want to build a Death Star? <laughs> any, any interest in that, maybe? Sure. Okay. All right. I'll keep that in mind. Maybe we'll get that guy to help write it. When I have a voice back. <laughs> Though I don't think it goes as high as Let It Go anyway. I don't even know. I didn't know Let It Go until this, so I guess I'll get to know Do You Want to Build, whatever it's called. So the Christmas specials, obviously, they're a, become a pretty big deal to us, and we really can't see doing them without you at this point, because you're as big a part of those as we are. But as a behind-the-scenes person, what are your thoughts on the time the rest of us spend on this? Because we, well, apart from this year, this is an exception. We end up writing what you will perform. Yeah. I, I This year seemed a lot less production heavy. It was. We had terrible time constraints Yeah, at the end of the year for many things, Artmore Project included. So, yeah. But just, I mean. But it still fit. Okay. I mean, it was still a special Okay, I'm just curious what uh, you see these four grown men writing these ridiculous stories and then performing them badly, what that looks like to a person seeing it all come together from your from your vantage point. I just see four guys having fun and that's, okay. that's well, what should happen. That's cool. All right. Well, didn't really know what I expected from that answer, but uh, for that answer, but the question popped up. So anything uh, you'd like to see in future Christmas specials? I I think uh I I was interested in the in the idea of a Christmas carol. That is where we were going to go this year but ran out of time. So we may I think, pursue I, that. I think I think that would be cool cuz that gives you a lot of opportunities for things. Well, this year we this year we doubled our Christmas specials. We did the top 10 Christmas songs and then we did our our one who knows. I'm not saying we're doing 3 this year. We could do 3 where because we did really enjoy the and again, not my interview, but we really did enjoy the loose format of this year's, but I think we all missed the scripted as well. So I think you go back and forth. Yeah, yeah, we could. But that's it's January. It is mid-January. No Start sense to think about it, it right now. now. <laughs> so, okay, this is the last direct question I have, and then I have a series of questions I'll be asking everybody involved okay. on the show. So my last direct question for you here is, now I think I can speak for the other guys when I say this, and whether you think so or not, you... I- are certainly part of the show. And whether you know this or, or not, I think a majority of the listeners think so. And I'm basing that on the fact that we started reading emails on the show, and as we're reading them, more are coming in. And many of them, I'm not going to say 
a, a majority. I'll say somewhere near half. Say start with Matt, Chris, Dave, Tim, and Christy. So your name is mentioned a lot. So there's no question you're part of Neo's as. And to me, Dave, Chris, and Tim, there's no question that you're part of Star Wars and character. But my I'm question, silent part. My question is to you: Do you look at yourself as part of the show? Uh, sort of. Because I mean, I'm I'm at the beginning and the end of everything, yeah. and when I play people. Like I try to expose them to the show. I go. <laughs> that's true. They're that's me. They're like that's you. I'm like yeah, that's me. That's me. Um, I'm not on the rest of the show because I don't know anything that's going on. <laughs> and then pretty much every episode would be like, Christy, what do you think? I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> it's all weird ass shit to me. I don't know. <laughs> all right. Now here's the last questions. Then inside the actor studio, if you're familiar with the show, James oh, Lipton asks everyone the same ten questions. I did not come up with ten because I the six I had I thought were good enough, and these are going to be asked of everybody. Okay. And Dave is going to ask these of me. Okay. So this is going to be fun because your answers are I going to be wildly different than ours. I can tell you that already. Pro- so. Probably. Question number one: What is your favorite moment working on this series? Probably recording skits. Those are fun. Okay. Recording skits. Number two. What oh, record. It? Oh, I'm sorry. Take that back. Okay. Uh, my favorite moment would be recording the Wilro Hood uh, read-along book. Okay. All right. That was my favorite. Number two, what is your least favorite moment? Now knowing the words to let it go. <laughs> I didn't expect that. That is the best answer I could have hoped for. All right. I, I wish I didn't. Right. Number three, what would you like to see added to the show? Ooh, uh, more embarrassing Chris comments. <laughs> okay, number four. What would you never want to see happen on or to the show? I would not like it to go away. All right. Number five. What Star Wars character do you most identify with? Really? <laughs> Uh, I identify with real world hood because it holds my attention for 2.4 seconds. <laughs> okay. All right. And number six, if Disney let you add one thing to the Star Wars universe, what would it be? Ewoks. Oh, add Ewoks? Shit, they're they're so cute. Well, then I can already tell. Yeah, at least one of these questions will be wildly different. All right. Well, those are your answers. They're I'm not so going to comment on them anymore. All right. Well, that is my last of my questions okay. before I wrap up, is there anything you'd like to add or say before we finish out here? I would like to thank you for allowing me to be a part of it. And the guys are incredibly talented and entertaining. And I think that I'm very thankful that you have found this outlet to be able to show your, your fun side, your personality. Cause you all have, jobs that don't let you showcase who you really can be entertaining wise. And, and I, I really enjoy the fact that when you guys get together, you have fun while you're doing it and people have fun listening to you. So I, I am thankful that you let me be even a recorded part of it. Well, thank you for all the work you do. Most 
of all the stuff behind the scenes that people don't get to see. I, I hope they have a better understanding of what you do for the show outside of being behind the mic. Like Will Rosa. <laughs> exactly. You that's are, what I do. That's true. Your backstory, the stuff you don't see, in a sense, on screen is far more than what people see on screen, or in this case, here on mic. And like so Will you Rose, are I Will like, Rose Hood. I like ice cream. There you go. <laughs> so, well, thank you for taking this time to go through this with me. Thank you for letting me get my feet wet with this short series. So thank you to everyone listening. I hope you enjoyed this. It is something different. I'll be doing this with Chris, Dave, and Tim, and, and then I will have my turn on the other side of the questions. We are looking forward to adding some new things to the show in these specials and taking a little break from doing the same thing over and over again and causing these long, unannounced breaks. Hopefully we can avoid a majority of that, if not all that, this year by giving ourselves these opportunities to do something different. And with that, I will say join us again next week. We will pick up with the regular in-character format. That character will be the character Sabe. And until then, I'll say it one more time. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Star Wars In Character. Star Wars in Character is part of the NeoZaz.com network of podcasts. For more great podcasts and original entertainment, please visit www.neozaz.com. Star Wars in Character is not affiliated with nor endorsed by Lucasfilm Limited or 20th Century Fox. Star Wars and all Star Wars universe characters, places, or Star Wars related items are the copyright of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. Visit www.swic.neozaz.com for the latest Star Wars in Character episodes and information. 